it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I'd pay for vacations with whatever was in my wallet, but I was missing out on miles I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Love this podcast because it crushes your dreams of getting rich quick. They actually got me into reading stats for anything. You're tuned in to the Investing for Beginners podcast. Led by Andrew Sather and Dave Ahern. Step-by-step premium investing guidance for beginners. Your path to financial freedom starts now. Starts now. All right, folks, welcome to Investing for Beginners podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. We have our friend Chris Granger from The Lion Within Us talking to us today about personal finance, budgeting, stewardship, and investing, and all kinds of fun stuff. So this is going to be a really fun conversation. And given that we are in the new year, this is probably a very appropriate time to talk about setting new goals. And I hate the word resolution, so we'll <laughs> we'll stick with goals. And Chris is here to talk about us about some very important things that we probably don't focus on enough. And so Chris is here to help fill in the gaps for our lack of talking about these. So Chris, thank you for joining us today. And I guess maybe can you give a kind of a brief, I guess, overview of you and kind of how you got here today, and, and then we can kind of go from there. Absolutely, Dave. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. Love your show, you and Andrew. So I got to be here because I actually met Andrew. So we've been able to meet and go out and have developed a friendship. I just learned so much from him. And so with the line within us, you know, we, we really try to, to serve people and help them grow. And one area we really talk about is wealth. And one thing that is just passionate that drove a lot of my passion is a, just a good understanding of money and how to be a good steward of that money. And just and being able to put some really basic principles in place to be able to really see the blessings that it can be because money is not a bad thing. You know, we just have to be we're never really taught. I don't know about you, but for me, when I went through high school, I didn't have a personal finance class or anything like that. You know, I mean, maybe there was accounting or something like that. But so far as like, how do you balance the checkbook? You know, what is credit? You know, how do you buy a house? I mean, a lot of the stuff we just learn on the fly or we go to YouTube or we're listening to people who are not maybe the most vetted um, and we make bad decisions. And then we end up with a mountain of debt. And, you know, because we're in our early 20s, we have six figures of debt and then we can't do the things that we want to do because we're just we're strapped. 
And so I, I wrote a little ebook to give people some insight around how to be a better steward, be a person, you know, from a personal finance one-on-one basically is what I called it. And I talked about stewardship and different pillars within that. So that drives a lot of what I try to talk about and help people, you know, to grow in their own, you know, knowledge of finances in general. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks for joining us, Chris. It's going to be fun. Maybe talk about a little bit of your background with personal finance and how it fits into investing. Like, did you just come out of the womb as a personal finance expert or what was that like? Well, see, Andrew, in life, I learn best when I make a mistake. So I just make a lot of mistakes and then I learn from them, man. So that's that's been the best way. So, you know, I was that guy who I had a nice house, had always had the nicest truck. All I ever cared about was what's the payment. You know, I didn't care about how long. I just want to know what the payment was. You know, credit cards, just, hey, there was no delayed gratification because doggone it, I deserve it now. I had that mindset. I deserve it now. I'm just going to go buy it. I I don't really care if I can afford it. I'm just going to buy it and I'll figure it out later because, you know, we can all make minimum payments and we just, hey, we're just, just like everybody else. I'm just keeping up with the Joneses. And I didn't ever realize that, the Joneses were broke. Like that's nobody ever told me that. Right. So I was like, okay. So I was just make, it's just through bad mistakes, man. And, you know, rolling negative debt into negative debt and just keeping on or negative equity rather than just like with vehicles. It was a cycle for me. I would go through cars, just like people change socks, man. And it was just, all I cared about was, you know, what the payment was. So, you know, I really just kind of hit a wall and understand, you know what? I got to make some changes like this is this is ridiculous. I was getting close to 40 years old. You know, you had some nice things, but the bank had the nice things. You know, I was had all these notes out and from an investment standpoint. Yeah, I wanted to invest and I'm doing things with my 401k and things like that. But I didn't have any money, even if I wanted to invest to get started because it was all going out the window from debt payments, man. So that was just dragging me down. And I talked to so many people on a regular basis. This is where many people are. This is where a lot of Americans are. I mean, many Americans can't pay a $400 emergency. I mean, you start thinking about that, like really $400, you can't pay that. And when you start telling people, man, you need to have a six month or three month emergency fund, a cash reserve, a liquid cash reserve. They look at you like you got three heads and it's just like, no, bro, like this is this is real stuff like this is people. You can be a good steward and do this because you know it's not if something's going to happen it's when. I mean, things are going to happen. Appliances break, cars break, you know, kids get sick. All these things hit us. And if we're not ready as from a financial standpoint to manage that, it just compounds that stress. And if you look at just marriage in general, outside of infidelity. Finances is the number one driver, number one driver of divorce. And that's, man, that's just, that's hitting so many people. So I just have such a passion for this because I think if we can help guys in particular, I, I keep saying guys because that's who I serve is men, is try to help them be better stewards and leaders. Man, that's just going to impact families and legacies and next generation and, and what we teach our kids. And it just, it has such a ripple effect. I feel like one of the most basic principles of investing is you got to invest with money that you don't need in the next year, two years, because the stock markets, I mean, we talk about it over and over again with every episode, the stock market's such a volatile place in the short term, and you don't really make your wealth from the stock market until 10, 20, 30 years out. And when you are putting money into the market that you can't afford to lose, 
you're going to make all the classic decisions that we try to preach about over and over and over again. And that's why I think a lot of people don't find success in the stock market and end up kind of throwing your hands up. It can be a slippery slope of I'm a victim because I didn't understand the core principles of investing and personal finances. And now it's like things are hopeless. And I hope that we can keep as many people from that, particularly in a time now where the market's been down a lot and people worry, like, is this now, should I be taking money out? Because, you know, you don't have that, I guess, feeling of, I understand that this money can go up and down without me being worried about it. Mm -hmm. So for you, you know, you mentioned stewardship several times. So what does that look like for you and how does that help you invest? Yeah. I mean, for me, think about stewardship. I break it down into four categories and this is what I try to teach guys and to understand, look, because when you get to thinking about budgeting and then it can get really confusing. I'm a super simple guy. I like to make things as simple as possible. So four areas. So it's giving, saving, spending, and investing. I said, okay, if you can just look at your, your money that you have coming in every month, whatever that is, you know, if you're blessed with, you know, $1,000 or $10,000 a month, it doesn't matter, or $100,000 a month. If you can just take these these four buckets and assign some percentages to them, okay? Now, I always start with giving because that's just that's a core principle for me. Okay? Now, it may not be for your listeners, but for me, I start with giving. I think that's the number one bucket. That shouldn't be the last one. That should be the first one. And you just assign a percentage to that. And maybe it's 10%, maybe it's 20, maybe it's 50. I know people who is, is up as, as high as 50% of this. They just want to give it away, right? They want to, to serve and help others. And then saving. You need to have a saving goal. And there needs to just tie a percentage to that. I don't go with dollars as much as I do percentages. I think it makes it easier, particularly because, you know, money comes in, it comes out. Sometimes bonuses come in. Maybe, maybe you get an extra check or whatever, you know, per, something just happens and you get a blessing. And you don't know what to do with it. If you have percentages, it just makes it so much simpler because I do have the engineering background and I just like numbers. And to me, it just makes it you know a much easier way to move forward. Then you have your spending and that's the budget, which I'm sure we'll talk about that in a little bit. And then you have investing. And for each one of those, assign a percentage that works for you. Now, you need to assign those percentages. You got to know your numbers. This is where I see Andrew and Dave. Mostly people don't know their numbers, man. They don't take the time to understand what's going in, what's coming into their account, what's going out, and everything in between. There's a lot of transactions. There's a lot of things that happen that impact our overall portfolio, but you need to know that, that number at all times. And from a, just a basic stewardship standpoint, all a steward is is someone who manages somebody else's stuff. That's it. It's just a, it's a manager of someone else's stuff. So I always envision myself as I'm just managing of what I've been blessed. That's it. And I'm just managing that the best way around those four buckets. And you set those percentages and the budget will help you set those percentages. And from then, again, it becomes really simple when that money comes in. Okay, here's how we're going to split that up. 10, 20, 30, 50, whatever that may be, right? And you just break it out right there. And then it also takes a lot of the emotion out of it, man. So say it's a big check that comes in. All of a sudden, if you have a systematic process in place to manage that, there's no emotion to it. You just know that this is what you're going to do. As much as you can do that stuff automatically too, you know, I know a lot of people who make that giving stuff where it's just automatic deductions, you don't even have to think about it. 
And that's when it gets, that's when you start really seeing the benefits of stewardship and start reaping that. So that's a basic overview of, of the four tenets that I try to, to help people think through. Budgeting was always a challenge for me. I struggled to find the best way to keep track of all of my money, not to mention all the time tracking down receipts, cataloging expenses, and trying to figure out what went wrong with my air quote system until Monarch Money. Monarch Money allowed me to easily see what is going on with my finances, helping me get a better handle on my spending, budgets, and more. It's my go-to app every day, more so than my bank, because I can quickly see where I am with my budgets and spending, allowing me to invest more and spend time on the things that I want to do. It's my GPS for money. Monarch is a top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash beginners. Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to set up, customize, and use. Monarch has built-in features to collaborate with your partner, family, or financial advisor. Invite them to your account at no extra cost, and they'll get their own login info and a joint view of all of your finances. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. Change the layout of your dashboard, toggle between light and dark mode, create custom budgets and notifications, set up automatic rules for transactions and notifications, and more. In fact, Monarch Money is one of the first to bring you direct Apple Card, Apple Cash, and savings syncing with the latest iOS 17.4 update. Now you can sync your wallet directly for seamless budgeting. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's a top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash beginners. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash beginners for your extended 30-day free trial. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to Nerd Wallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I'd pay for vacations with whatever was in my wallet, but I was missing out on miles I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. So here's a question that kind of springs to mind when you're working through those four pillars. The savings part of it, like one of the things that I try to do for myself, and I'm wondering what you think of this, is I think of it as an expense. It's part of a bill that I have to pay. When I worked in the banking industry, I heard over and over and over and over and over again, I'm going to do, I'll do it at the end of the month when I have extra money kind of thing. And that was always the modus operandi. And, and those people were always the ones that were struggling the most. And ironically, it wasn't always the lower income people. It was just as much the people making 150K a year. It was the people making 35K a year. So. The mentality was similar. So one of the things that I started doing because I saw this was I just made it a bill and I made it, you know, this is what, when I get my paycheck, the first thing I do is I take so much money and put it in my savings account, so much money in my investing account and move on from there. And so I'm wondering, what do you think of that idea of, of trying to, you know, pay yourself first, but actually doing it? Yeah. It's a line item on my budget. 
And I mean, I, I actually, I use that pay yourself first. I tell that to guys all the time. Look, you got to take care of that. After the giving, I always put that at the top. But then this, that's why I have, you know, saving next, you know, because you do. If you don't have to take that proactive approach of actually paying yourself first and putting that money in an intentional place for saving, it's never going to happen. I mean, that's how, that's why, again, we, most Americans can't pay a $400 emergency because they have zero thought about that because we're so fixated on the now and, this, and the gratification what we want to take care of today. We're not thinking about, you know, what could happen, you know, next week because we'll worry about that when it gets here. We're just going to worry about today. And that's total, so far, stewardship. It's a blind spot. So I think it, that's brilliant. It should be a line item on your budget, a definite expense. And if you want to view it as expense, that's fine. I like to view it as an investment personally because I'm saving, I'm investing in myself. And I know that I'm going to be able to reap that at some point when I need it. And then all of a sudden that refrigerator that breaks, you know, I'm not going into an all out panic and trying to figure out, you know, which dog do I need to sell to, to get, get a refrigerator? You know, I can actually <laughs> just fund it. And I also don't have to finance a refrigerator for two years. You know, I mean, it's crazy mm-hmm. what people are having to do just because we're not being stewards of what we have to be able to manage that. So. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I would never sell my dogs, but you know, may, maybe one of them, but not not, not <laughs> the, the loud one. Yeah, yeah. Right. right. Yeah, I think that's brilliant. And you know, my fiance pointed out something to me the other day that even if you put aside twenty bucks a month, that's two hundred forty dollars in a year. So if you do that over two years, you have almost five hundred dollars in a savings account, for example. And yep. you know, twenty dollars, I think, is a pretty easy thing. It can be a pretty easy dollar amount to come up. I mean, how many of us? have a $20 bill in our pocket and it evaporates and we have no idea where it went. You don't remember what you spent it on. You just, where did it go? And yeah. I think, you know, to take that same $20 and put it in a savings account, I think would be a very easy thing to do. But I guess we talked about budgeting. We've kind of brushed against the subject. Let's dig into that. So what does a budget look like to you? How do you set one up? How do you manage one? Yep. All those kinds of things. Man, why did you have to say manage one? Because now you're gonna make you're gonna call me out on that one. But <laughs> so I'll just start this off with I'm much better teacher than I am an application guy. But uh, you know, when I sit down on my wife every month, but basically we sit down, we just use an app. There's all sorts of ways to do it. You can use a spreadsheet, however you want to do it. The big thing is know your numbers. So we sit down every month and we start off with those again, those four pillars: giving, saving, spending, and investing. And I literally go line by line, Dave, on what we have. You know, mortgage. We have our electricity, utilities, all those types of bills, the groceries, you know, daycare, whatever your expenses are. You just need to lay them out. And I was at the top. You need to put your income. Start with with what's coming in, with the known income. And I said people all the time, well, I'm on a commission. I don't know. Well, you have an average. Put an average up there. You typically have an idea, even if you're in sales, 100% commission. I've talked to those guys all the time. You have a general idea of what's coming in. So start off with the income that's coming in and then move to that giving. And then from there, again, like you said, make that saving goal as an expense. And then you got to start working down. And this is where it gets kind of hard. This is where you really get. I've had people who've gone through this process and they've come back to me crying. And I'm like, what's wrong? They're like, bro, I had no idea. Like, we're way over on our expenses every month. And they're wondering how they got in twenty, thirty thousand dollars in debt. It's because, hey, your living expenses are up here, but your actual income is down here and there's a gap. And you just need to know. That's why I was talking about just know the math, making a math problem, because then you can understand where you need to make those adjustments. 
And then again, that's why I put investing at the very bottom because so many of the people I work with, they're just not there. You know, as much as I want them to be there, they're just not. We got to get better at that middle section. So that's how you basically set one up. So you have the, the coming in, what I'm planning to do. Now, here's where the rubber meets the road, and here's where most people make a mistake. Then you have to actually track it, okay? And that takes work. You know, I mean, there's apps that do it for you and all that, and I get it. Totally get those apps that do it for you. But I'm telling you, there is something that when you do it yourself, pen to paper or pen to an Excel spreadsheet, that mentally it hurts a little bit more and you start recognizing a little bit more. That math gets to be a little bit more real. For me, we print our statement out and every month I literally line by line, I'm marking through it and I'm questioning stuff. And there's not a single transaction per month that goes through this household that I don't know about. And that and I'll tell you, some of them just really make me shake my head. Like, why, why did I do that? And I've learned from them, but I only do that because I take the time to know. And I actually track it. And that's where rubber meets the road. So you can say, yeah, I have a budget. Yeah. Do you actually use it? I mean, that's the second part of of actual utilizing it. So you set it up, you track it. And then if you really want to be a steward, this is where this next step is really where the magic happens. I call it a budget committee meeting. And we do this every month, me and my wife. But this is where we sit and we do 30 day year month in review. How did we do? Okay. Winners keep score. That's just the truth of it. So if you want to know how you're doing, look back and evaluate yourself against your goals for every month. And you know what? Those goals change every month because you know why? Birthdays come up, vacations come up, expenses come up. All these things happen in our life, right? Well, adjust the budget and then let's see and let's learn. And then we do a forecast, a 30-day forecast. So that's where we set the budget for the next month. So a practical thing we do every month. At the end of the month, we're looking back 30, and we're looking forward 30. And we do that together. Now, I will tell you this. This is hard when you first start. I promise you it gets easier. But I also will tell you this. There's nothing like bringing, that would bring a marriage together stronger or a relationship together stronger than being aligned in your finances. And a budget committee meeting or whatever you want to call it, that's a great way to do it. Because at that point, basically, when we finish that, it's kind of like breaking the huddle. You know, like we got to play. Now let's go run it. You know, and we just break it. And, you know, she knows what she's doing. I know what I'm doing. And if in the middle of the, the month we got to call an audible because, you know, a refrigerator or appliance dies, we're going to do that together. And we can go back to the budget and make a good financial decision together that's not going to cause a lot of strife because sometimes it may mean we need to go tap into that emergency fund, right? But hey, we can make that decision together because we have the math. So setting it up, actually entering the data, and then analyzing it, taking the time to understand it. If you just do those three things, you'll be so far ahead of everyone else out there. It is just going to be unbelievable. And it's going to also be an eye-opener. Don't <laughs> If you cry, it's okay. I cried too the first time I did it, and, but you will learn, highlight the areas you need to adjust, and then you can just adjust them. You can you'll make those decisions together, and I guarantee you at some point, you know, it's going to all start clicking. It usually takes about, I tell people, about three months of actually budgeting and using your process to where it just becomes natural. And for me, it's just a natural way to do it now. And then, you know, taking the time, some people need to look at that budget halfway through the month. Some people are looking at it every day. I would say that would stress me out if I looked at it every day. So I usually about do a half, you know, mid-month review. I just do a quick check to see how we're doing. But 
it's just good to know. I can tell you right now, I can pull up my budget and tell you right now how we're doing for January and how, what it looks like. You know, and I, de- I definitely can tell you how we did for December. I hope you don't ask me because with Christmas, Christmas <laughs> did not go well. Uh, but yeah, so it's just knowing your math and making, making it a, a, a practice. What's the best way to get started in the market? Download Andrew's ebook for free at stockmarketpdf.com. Yeah, I really love that. Mm-hmm. Can you walk through, and I love that you said that it takes three months. For me, maybe it took closer to three years. So, <laughs> but regardless, I mean, that's a great exercise. And I just, I feel like I've failed over and over and over again with it. But even through those failures, breaking the budget, mm-hmm. I'm still further ahead than I was when I didn't have a budget and I right. think that can be really motivational. So let's do a hypothetical. Let's say, well, I mean, maybe it's really relevant because you know, December it's possible you broke your budget pretty bad. So like, how do you approach that meeting and then how do you adjust for the next meeting? Give us some, like something really tangible there so people can kind of see what you mean. That's a great one, man. So yes. So we didn't hit our December budget, unfortunately. So we sat down and we looked at it together and we just, for us, it was, it's always, okay, what can we learn and improve on based off of our past behaviors? All right. So we know for, for us, it's always the extra runs to the grocery store during the, in the middle of the week. And if for some reason, we can't go a week without going to the grocery store four times. I have not yet figured out why this has to happen in this family. I mean, we do have six living in this house, so y'all give us a little grace. But it just that's an area that we recognize that impacts our budget. And then also that little app on our phone and that mo- probably the most popular website in the world called Amazon. So you can't <laughs> believe how many times I'm looking. All right. What is this? What category is this Amazon? Or so we understand we have an Amazon problems. So we both are addicts to Amazon. We, we're trying to find an Amazon an- anonymous, anonymous. so we can start <laughs> going to. You know? So it's just like, all right, we know these are two areas, the, the groceries, Amazon. So we just had to make a commitment. You know what? We got to, for, for this month, for instance, we're not going to a grocery store except once a week. If we don't get it during that grocery run, better luck next week. You know, we're just going to, we're going to have to buckle down and we're going to have to make some sacrifices there just to understand that, look, we just got to do a better job of that. Because when we go in the middle of the week, we make bad decisions. We just do. If we pull extra stuff we don't need to. So that's one. And then the, the second one is just managing that Amazon account. And the third one, I did just think of this. And for us, it could be easy with big expenses. For for instance, my exercise bike broke right before Christmas. And we hadn't budgeted for an exercise bike. You know, I mean, who budgets for that? Like, I've had that thing for years. I usually go through one about every two or three years. And so what did I do? I did what every other American does. I just went and bought one. I didn't think about it. You know, I just did it because I like my exercise bike. I'm a better person. I'm less grumpy. It makes me happy. You know, my bike, de- my wife definitely wanted me to get one. She's like, yes, please go get a bike. You know, <laughs> I had her support, but we made it when we sat down on January 1st, it was very clear. You know what? We can't just make big purchases like that on the fly when we have budget goals because we do have we have goals out there that you know, we want her to be a stay at home with, with our children. And we're trying to work through all all these different goals that we have from a financial standpoint. We want to get a farm one day. And you can't do that if you just if you still just on a knee jerk reaction, go out and spend a thousand bucks. You know, so we need to recognize, hey, 
we made some mistakes. We've made some errors. We definitely don't have all this stuff figured out, but we do have all the math in front of us. So we, now we can go back and look two years in the rears and understand what happened and understand, okay, here, and to your point, Andrew, even though we don't hit it every month, it definitely makes us more aware. And we've come a lot further just because we have this process in place, you know, of, of hitting our financial goals to as recent as we actually just sold one of our vehicles yesterday. This is a brand new story. And so we sold it because, again, we have goals of her staying home and things like that. And we're actually, instead of going replacing a like for like, we're downgrading. We're going way down because we have other financial goals that are important to us. And we know what's important to us. And we put that in our budget. And for us, to a lot of your listeners, I think that's the weirdest thing I've heard of. Well, I want to be weird because normal is broke. You know what I'm saying? So I don't mind being weird. I, w- I want to try some r- weird things. And that's just one area, for instance. But it all comes back to that budget, knowing your math, knowing your numbers, and then ultimately knowing what you want to achieve in your per- own personal journey of finance and growth and things and wealth in the future. And for us, it's very clear where we're trying to go, where we're trying to be those stewards. And sometimes it makes means making those decisions that are not popular with the family and definitely are not popular with you know, the world these days. I really love the football metaphor for obvious reasons. Yeah. But to think of it as like getting in the huddle, you think about when a really great wide receiver running back drops a ball, everybody in the huddle is not pointing their finger at them saying like, you're an idiot. Right. They're really saying like, oh, don't worry about it. We'll get it next time. And usually the person who made the mistakes, the one saying, hey, that's my bad. We'll get it next time. And right. I think, you know, whether you're a one person huddle or you're there with your wife or husband, right? Having that kind of a mentality maybe takes some of the guilt and the shame away. And maybe now you look forward to the huddle and, and you look forward to feeling in control of your finances versus yeah. looking at finances as this kind of like curse. Right. And one, tr- one small tip for your budget with your finances put a fun bucket money in your budget for your spouse or your significant other. There needs to be some flexibility. You know, this, you know, this shouldn't be considered a, like a bad word, you know, budget's not a four little word. So it shouldn't be like that. So put a, like for us, it would just call it my wife's fun money bucket. And maybe it's $50, maybe it's a hundred dollars, depending on where you're at uh, with your finance. But yeah, have that there too, because there needs to be some people when they think budget, they think rigid. And they think, oh, I, this is just too rigid. There's too many rules. No, bro, that's not it. We're, we're telling our money what to do versus our money telling us what to do. I mean, that's the big difference in mindset. So make it a little fun. You know, have some money in there. For, for me and my wife, there's a date night bucket in our expenses. We know we want to plan for that. So we put that there. And when we get to go out, we don't have to worry about it because we know we've budgeted for it. We have that expense so we can actually focus, you know what, on us and, and mm-hmm. not be you know stressed out over the money or how much the bill is going to be. So have those fun money buckets and, and those fun little areas in your expenses too, because it doesn't just have to always be, you know, bill, 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 bill. So there can be some fun in it as well. Yeah, that's perfect because that definitely needs to be. And I agree with you that budgeting has become a four letter word and it does, it definitely has this feel of rigidity and I think that's what turns a lot of people off. But when you budget in more, I guess, discretionary things, it can be a lot more flexible and loose and makes it more appealing for people to adhere to it. If they think that they have to give up you know, their Starbucks coffee every single day to meet their goals, then it becomes something they don't look forward to. And nobody right. wants that. 
Right. Yeah, nobody wants that. I love what you guys are talking about because it kind of reminds me a little bit of what James Clear was teaching in his book, Atomic Habits, where if you fall off the horse, get back on to the next day. It's okay. You know, it happens. And I love that he included that in his book because a lot of times when you're thinking about creating habits, and that's kind of what we're talking about, is when you create habits, it's okay to fall off the horse as long as you get back on it. And a lot of people, I think if they break their budget, then they all of a sudden think, ah, oh, it's just, you know, I can't do this. And it's over and I'm not even going to try anymore. And it's, it's okay. You know, like you were just saying, you broke your budget in December. I think we probably all did. And Amazon is a big culprit for a lot of us. And it's okay to do that. And I think we have to give ourselves a little, a little pat on the back and say, Hey, you know, get up and go back and try again. You know, it's my bad. I got it. But you know, the rest of the team, will help you. So I love what you guys were talking about. That was awesome. Good stuff. So Chris, I got to ask because, you know, there's, I realize that like being the number spreadsheet guy, I'm kind of sometimes the outlier there. So like you mentioned some apps, what are some good apps that people can look into to help with getting the budget started? I mean, the one that I use and the one that I recommend everybody and it's free is the every dollar app. I mean, it's put out by the Ramsey organization. You can pay for it. But I used a free version just because, you know, I'm on a budget. <laughs> but it's just <laughs> it, the reason I really promote the, like the free version. This is this is legit. This is real. The free version forces you to do the work. OK, so when you pay for it, like you can link your accounts. And, you know, some people love that. that you link your accounts, your, your bank accounts and all that stuff. And then everything just gets pulled in. To me, that, it just loses it. You know, I want to be able to manually type in my mortgage payment. Every time I fill my car up with gas, I want to put that number in because that gives, it's teaching me in the moment to have that habit of, because you know what, when I type it in, what automatically pops up is how much of that bucket for that month is remaining. And, you know, Mm. so, okay, I got 10 days in a month left. I got $50 in gas left that I had planned for. Maybe I need to chill out on the driving or try to do what I can to at least understand the numbers. So, I like the free version because it man- forces that habit, you know, that muscle memory of entering that stuff. Every expense comes in. It doesn't do it for you for free for, for automatically because I think that's what has gotten so many people in trouble is a lot of these automatic deductions and things like that. They just all, they don't think about it. Think about it. Your money is worth taking the time to think about. I mean, seriously, it is seriously worth to taking the time to think about. I like that one, Andrew. Just to me, I haven't found one that's, I'm sure there are ones out there that do very similar. I like it as well because if you're married, you can set up one account. And so my wife and I, it's a shared account and she enters stuff. I enter stuff. So when she's buying stuff, she enters it and I can look at all times that she knows what, where, where we are. I know where we are. So it just makes really good alignment for us as a, as a couple. And I think that's a big plus for, for what they're doing with that app. That's what I would recommend. But I did, I mean, I definitely like the free version of it. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I think people, if they haven't at least tried to do a budget, just try and give yourself some wiggle room and you might be surprised with what happens. Mm-hmm. So Chris, we're not going to let you get out of here without talking a little bit about investing. So what's like the most exciting part of investing that really gets you riled up? I feel that for me, one of my big financial whys is the investing part because investing is so exciting for me. What about investing is appealing to you? I just think 
What's really cool about it for me is what it can do in the future and how I'll be able to serve others in the future because I'm investing now. I really have a, a servant mindset, man. So for me, it's not about having boats and you know big houses and things like that. It's about being able to do work that I feel like I've been called to do. And when I look at simple stuff, like I ask guys all the time, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna give you a penny a day. All right, so and right now that one, if I give you a penny a day, that doubles every day. Would you rather have that for thirty days or a million dollars? And they're like, man, I'll take that million dollars. I want that million dollars. And then I show them, well, if you do that penny a day for 30 days, you're about 5.3 mil, bro. And and they're like, huh? I'm like, I'm telling you. I was like, it's it's the power of compound interest. And that's why I try to make things super simple. I'm like, now that's 100% like return. So like, that's a bad analogy, but still it gives you the idea. So, you know, just knowing what potential exists there. And you're never going to be able to reap any of those benefits. Maybe you do want to boats and mansions and all that stuff. Great. You know, we're just not aligned there. But if you do use the power of compound interest to get you there. And the only thing that the variable that's in compound interest that makes the biggest difference that most people don't even think about is time. You have to have time in. And the more time in, the more that's going to work for you and benefit for you. But every every day, every hour, every every year that you sit on the sidelines and wait, you're just missing. That's just opportunity cost that you're just missing right there. So that's what gets me pumped up about investing because I think it's important in simple ways, man. 401ks, IRAs, there's simple ways to get going. You don't have to make this super complicated, but you do have to be intentional. Yeah, and you did talk a lot about the 401ks and the IRAs in your book. So tell us a little bit about your book and what that's all about. Yeah, I mean, it's just a little ebook. It's taking your bathroom and probably read it during a good bathroom session, but it's 60, <laughs> it's 60 something pages, you know. But it's for me, I just wanted to put something out there to give a little bit of things that I've learned. And it's so basically give an overview of stewardship, what that looks like. Definitely touch on giving, saving, spending, and investing. Talk about the budget. Then I talk about loans, what loans look like. You know, how we should approach loans, vehicles, because I try to really have somewhat of a radical approach on cars and car payments and what that can do for you. Because I believe in investing in things that appreciate, not depreciate. So we, I talk a lot about that. And then education costs as well, because, I mean, we're so much that we're trying to think about how do we pay for education in the future? And there's so many different ways to be considering it. And for one thing, I'm starting to talk a lot more and more about is vocation, you know, skills that, that we should be encouraging our kids and our, the next generation to consider because we got to start insourcing more here in this country. So that takes learning skills. And, you know, there should be no down looking down on someone who learns welding versus someone who goes to business school. Guarantee you that the welder is going to be making bank a lot quicker. So it's just trying to have conversations about that type of stuff. So that's what the book's about. And it all ties around from a Christian worldview, to be honest with you. That's really where we tie everything back to scripture and trying to help guys just take a lot of this and apply it into a lot of areas of their life. That's what the book's about. That's awesome. I I won't say where I read it, but it's a really (laughs) nice, fast, easy read. How can people get access to this book? Yeah, I mean, right now we have everything within our community. So at the Lion Within, so if you go to the lionwithin.us, that's where you can connect with us, you know, and, and check it out. If you're interested, hop in for 30 days. We do a 30 day, 30 day free trial. And if all you do is hop in, get the ebook and hop out, that's cool. Like seriously, if it just, if it serves you in that capacity, 
check it out. Uh, there is a finance course I did with the book as well. So you can hop in for 30 days, do that course. Uh, and hopefully it helps you. It gives you some guidance and support. So again, the lionwithin.us, click on join the community and all those resources are there for free for a 30 day free trial. We'd love to have you there. And if you, if you like it and want to keep going with this, you know, you can be part of our community and move forward and where we teach guys how to, to be those leaders that uh, we think they that they should be. So that's awesome. Well, Chris, this was a fantastic conversation and I know I learned a lot. And uh, I'm looking forward to reading the book as well. I won't say where I'll read it, but that, you know, maybe someday I'll reveal. But we really appreciate you taking the time to come talk to us today. It was a lot of fun and I really enjoyed the conversation. So I guess with that, we will go ahead and wrap up our conversation for today. Wanted to thank Chris for taking the time out of his day to come talk to us and help educate all of our listeners about some important topics, including budgeting. And without any further ado, I'll go ahead and sign us off. You guys go out there and invest with a margin of safety, emphasis on the safety. Have a great week and we'll talk to you all next week. We hope you enjoyed this content. Seven Steps to Understanding the Stock Market shows you precisely how to break down the numbers in an engaging and readable way with real life examples. Get access today at stockmarketpdf.com. Until next time. Have a prosperous day. The information contained is for general information and educational purposes only. It is not intended for a substitute for legal, commercial, and or financial advice from a licensed professional. Review our full disclaimer at einvestingforbeginners.com.